3: This is The Edge with
4: Jonathan Vontoble and Matt Eumanns on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: What up? Welcome in. I am fired up and ready to go. It's like Christmas. It's like the best day in sports. <laughs> Far from it. The NBA season tips off today. We get two regular season matchups. We had drama in the NBA. My head is spinning.
3: You're really overselling this. That's all we got exactly. two exactly. games. Yeah. Come on. Tomorrow's
5: going to be great, though. how excited I am for Bulls Pistons? It's going to be. No, how excited are you no, for it's Bulls extremely Pistons? extremely excited. <laughs> there's so much going on there. But wait, we'll get to that
3: tomorrow. It's got to be. I mean, if it's opening night in the NBA, I assume there's some soap opera activity going on today. There's got to be some drama in the NBA.
5: Well, I mean, that speaks to the day itself. Like, there's so much to get to. We're going to have Chris Sheridan with us coming up in 15 minutes, New York based NBA writer. And he's going to talk a lot about the upcoming season, of course, the two games tonight. Uh, There's drama, of course, off the court in the NBA. We get last night in Monday Night Football, what happened there. So I'll let you leave. Where do you want to go? You want to go Monday Night Football first, or do you want to go to Baby Mama Drama in the NBA?
3: Drama in the association. All
5: right. So the story of the day is not with the games today. No, no, no. It, of course, (laughs) is the Philadelphia 76ers. So we get news early this morning, I'd say about, what, 8.30 or so our time, uh, that Ben Simmons had been suspended for one game. That would be the New Orleans Pelicans game tomorrow uh, for Philadelphia. Now, my initial thought was when that first came out was, okay, well, it's offseason stuff. He wasn't around. Probably just you know retroactive to what happened in the offseason. Not the case. It turns out that Doc Rivers had to kick Ben Simmons out of practice this morning because he was being petulant and would not participate in a defensive drill. Asked him multiple times to participate. Told Doc Rivers stuff at both times. And Doc Rivers said, hey, you know what? Go home. So now hmm. we have – there's a couple of things that come from this. One – We get a one-point adjustment on the game line tomorrow. 76ers had reached as high as 4.5 with a total of 226.5. Now we're down to 3.5. I would make the argument, and I posted on Twitter as such, that Ben Simmons is worth nothing to the point spread at this point because this is a team that had been prepping to play without him for the last four months. So betting market does what it does. But we also get the ramifications of this, which is this ship seems to have sailed, and that is strengthened by what Joel Embiid told the media today, which is, you know what, I'm over this guy.
3: At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, You know, that's not my job. Uh, You know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, You know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night. Wow. I thought those guys were family. Right. I thought they were tighter. Right. Right. Now he doesn't care about that man? Doesn't
5: care about that man. Wow. Also said that it wasn't his job to babysit. I think we're kind (laughs) of done with this
3: whole thing, right? Well, that's one reason I picked the Sixers actually lower than I think most in the Eastern Conference in our NBA betting guide. I just don't believe in this team. I don't think it's going to work with Ben Simmons, and uh, I'm not sure how well it's going to work without him. You're not going to – who are you replacing him with?
5: Tyrese Maxey would be their starting Mm -hmm. point guard.
3: Well, if you made an actual trade and Mm -hmm. got something in return for Ben Simmons, I I could see a positive for Philadelphia, but it's kind of hard to find one here, except for maybe this team is – Get a band together and uh, say, hey, we got something to prove without Ben Simmons. I don't know. I mean, you would think that would kind of be the case, right? Like, F this dude. This guy's a former number one pick. He's supposed to be a superstar. You'd think the team would be worse off without him. I've got the Sixers somewhere around the 6th, 7th seed in the East. I know in the NBA betting guide, we have guys who predicted them to finish higher. Uh, Joel Embiid's going to have to be there for this team almost every night. We know he can't be there every night. He's going to sit out nights. But uh, the Sixers... Uh, he's going to be the unquestioned leader of that team. So, that number on opening actually Wednesday night is Philly three and a half at New Orleans. And by the way, the Pelicans have their own problems.
5: Yes, they do because Zion Williamson is not there, and right. uh, David Griffin seems to be kind of lying through his teeth about the status of Zion
3: Williamson. <laughs> right.
5: Um, but I so I had said I had Philadelphia as my four seat. That was the assumption that uh, Ben Simmons was not going to be available playing whatever it was was going to be traded. And I, and I think over the long haul, when you're talking about Philadelphia and that whole point guard now. Cause you're right. Like Tyrese max, he's a fine player. His assist numbers were actually really solid for them last year. But when he was on the floor, they got outscored. Their net rating was slightly negative. he has got some issues defensively and you know, he's a young player. He's a rookie last year. So you need to, I think, fill that hole as the season goes on. We'll see what it is with Ben Simmons, but it was also pointed out by NBA reporters online. When you talk about it, like for example, Indiana, right? One of the key pieces for Indiana, potential landing spot for Ben Simmons was going to be Malcolm Brogdon. But, Brogdon gets extended and he gets a deal in such that he can't be dealt right. by the Indiana Pacers. So that's why I thought he was just going to stick around because really there's no avenue for this to happen. He's going to be there until December at the very least. He's going to be there until December because players can start to get traded around that time. So how this works going forward,
3: I think is going to be fascinating, but you may you bring it. him back. Huh? I, mean, I know he's suspended for one game, but how do you bring him back? You got Joel Embiid talking about, I don't care about that guy. Doc kicks him out of practice. Yep. How are you going to bring him back and put him on the floor? The chemistry on this team is going to be yeah. a train wreck. I mean, to give huh? Doc credit, today he even said he was like, look, he's
5: like, I've given him every opportunity to be part of this team, and I'm going to continue to do so tomorrow. He's like, it's up to him whether or not he wants to be a part of it. So, I mean, they're only doing what they can do. But at some point, Simmons is also tanking his own cause. Well, nobody's going to want to trade for him with this.
3: That's true. But Simmons is also going to do what he has to do to get paid, too. Yeah.
5: Uh, it's so it, I think it's, it's fascinating. Now again, I don't think he's worth anything to the point spread, so I think the betting market's funny in that.
3: You know, now, in terms of the way I look at this is, I was never in on Sixers futures, talking about winning the East or winning the NBA championship, and I'm all the way out now. So uh, you know, it didn't really make a difference to me if uh, Ben Simmons is going to be there or not. I was not going to jump on the Sixers in any futures bets. But I, I would think a lot more people are going to be jumping off that bandwagon if they kind of liked it. What if
5: What if I told you that Simmons would get swapped for Collins Sexton?
3: Well, at some point during the year, if you make a trade like that, it makes sense. Yeah. And maybe when that happens, that's when you bet yeah. the six. Yeah. I, I just couldn't make the bet right now. It's 750, 15 to two odds. Is what you have up at bet MGM on the Sixers? No way. Yeah. No. And I'll say this, too. That's on the Eastern Conference, by the way.
5: Yes. And I know that it's kind of, it's it's a little in season to kind of go, hey, let's look at the 76ers to miss the playoffs. What you're betting on there is Joel Embiid getting injured. It is Mm -hmm. not easy, but there are so many more opportunities to make the playoffs now with the play-in games, right, with those bottom four teams competing in a tournament. It would take a Joel Embiid done for the year injury for this team not to make it into the Eastern Conference top eight, right? So, I, you know, there's odds out there in the range of like eight to one. You want like 15, 20 to one, I think, for that to be a realistic wager for
3: you. It's definitely got to be into double digits. Right.
5: You're, you're, you're just banking on Joel Embiid getting injured, and I don't right. think it's
3: going to be the case because he was an MVP.
5: All right, we'll get to the, the tip-off games later today. We had some movement around those back-and-forth, groups active in one of those stages. Uh, but let's get to Monday Night Football really quickly because it was a pretty fascinating game last night between the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. Tennessee Titans, the paper Titans, humans, as we kind of talked about, right? Stick around in a high-scoring affair, 34-31. to Ultimately get the win over the Buffalo Bills. But everybody wants to talk about, in the waning seconds, the Bills' decision to go for it on 4th and 1 of the Tennessee 3 with about 22 seconds left to go.
3: Well, first of all, before we even talk about the math, no doubt in my mind, zero doubt, that that was the right decision to go for it. And now when you look at the math, that's going to back you up on that decision. Yeah, backfire, didn't work. Josh Allen's right foot slipped, and he went down on the quarterback sneak. But that was the right decision to go for it on fourth and inches. If you want to
5: argue that you didn't like the play call, I'll hear all about it, right? The quarterback sneak, you would have to burn it tap, whatever it was, right? But the six
3: foot six, two hundred and fifty pound quarterback, you gotta be able to pick him up from from underneath
5: (laughs) him, And his foot slipped out from underneath him as he's going to push forward. But regardless, the math behind it, as you were talking about from NFL's next gen stats, the Bills' decision to go for it on fourth and inches from the Titans three, generally thirty-four to thirty-one. Unequivocally, the optimal call according to the Next Gen Stats Decision Guide. Conversion probability of seventy-five percent, a win probability of sixty-three percent if they go for it, only forty-two percent. If they attempt the field goal, not not get the field goal, attempt the field goal. Remember, kickers can miss. Recommendation: Go for it by about 21.3 percent. Because here's That's the thing—that's very
3: decisive, by the way. Yes. Some of the calls that Brandon Staley of the Chargers made Sunday, I will dispute. Now, I'll say some of the analytics. People say, "Well, it was the right decision. It was the right decision by like 1.2 percent." Mm-hmm. Okay, and that in those situations, you have to use some football sense. Maybe I shouldn't go for it on my own 21-yard line. Okay. This is a decision you're making to win the game, and it's the right decision by 21%. Yep. There's no question about it. And I, I'd highly recommend uh,
5: fourth down decision bot up on Twitter at Ben underscore bot underscore Baldwin. Uh, it's an, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a, a bot that was created that tweets out every fourth down during NFL games, mm-hmm. the win probability if you go for it, if you don't, and it gives you the math behind it, right? And it tells you, no brainer or all of those things. It's a really great Twitter account, really great Twitter follow, worth it, especially during NFL Sundays. But, like, in this, again, like, we talk about this all the time, and it's funny because the same people who will complain about a coin flip deciding overtime are the same people that are telling you, you got to kick it and go to overtime. Uh, you're, so you're. what happens if the Bills, <laughs> who, by the way, were giving up 7.1 yards per play yesterday, then go into overtime, lose the coin
3: toss, and then Derrick Henry just drives him right downfield and scores a touchdown. Well, see, that's another thing here. Behind this math, right. this these math, this math equation does not take into account how bad the Buffalo defense is playing. The the Titans had scored on four consecutive drives; they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. What I thought was a little bit telling last night is the Titans were really effective with their play action passes because Derrick Henry. Uh, Was a threat to run last night, and when you have those receivers on the field, you got Brown, you got Jones out there, those are big-time targets. You can run play action. You're a lot more effective. The Titans were more physical than the Bills were last night. They ran over that Buffalo defense. Uh, They threw all over them, and I thought that was telling last night, JVT. It looked like that Bills defense was a little bit soft. Average up the target for
5: Tannehill on play action passes ten point seven yards downfield. Passing grade of seventy six point six. Did a really good job on play action. Attempts.
3: He did. He did. Yep. And uh, you have to, as a coach, you have to take that into account when you're deciding whether or not you're going to go for it or kick the field goal. Your defense can't get a and stop. You have to go for it and win the game. And the math tells you you had to do it anyway.
5: And here's the thing. And you and I joke about this all the time when I bring up those win probability models in game, right? Like where teams had like a ninety nine point
3: eight percent chance to win and they and, lose. And I
5: always tell you, but it's actually the truth is, well, the point zero one happened, right? And that's the thing here. Don't be results-based with your thinking, okay? Just because it failed does not make it the wrong decision, okay? Again, argue with the play call. Argue that you wanted to take a shot at the end zone as opposed to try to convert the first down. Whatever it was, the bottom line is, they are supposed to go for it, and
3: the other side of the probability worked out here. That was it. That's Titans, it. And, the, and the bottom line, Titans were the right side last night. If you took six, six and a half, uh, Titans were a no-doubt uh, winner last night. Unlike that... uh Cowboys-Patriots game.
5: All right, let's get back to the NBA. Chris Sheridan's going to be with us, New York-based NBA writer, as we look ahead to the season, which tips off tonight.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio
2: app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your
6: podcasts.
4: This is The Edge on VCN, the
6: Sports Betting Network.
5: NBA season tips off tonight. There's still time, of course, to grab your copy of the VSIN Pro basketball betting guide. It's got strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including me, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. Digital guide is a must have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. Get your copy now for only nine ninety-nine dollars 99 at subscribe. Always good for you, too, man. You want to get that slow roll in there. It still has team analysis as well, so you can create your power ratings and look at strength. You not even get it past today. With that, let's welcome in our next guest, Chris Sheridan. It's nice enough to give us some time today. New York-based NBA writer, Betway Insider as well. Chris, uh, thank you very much for the time. So let's just start with the story of the day. We were talking about the open of the show, um, the situation in Philadelphia. You know, As you move forward with this, and it seems like Ben Simmons is not going to be willingly participating in anything and being on the court for this team, what is this like from a distraction standpoint? How does this Philadelphia team move forward dealing with this off the court continuously?
4: You know, it's interesting. It's turning into a bigger distraction than James Harden was for the, for the rocket class. Do you remember? He had a holdout, then he went to Little Baby's birthday party, and he had a Prada bag filled with cash, and that was pretty distracting. But Ben Simmons getting thrown out of practice because he doesn't want to take part in the drills or he's refusing to take part in the drills, that shows you every pretty much all you need to know. The guy's showing up, but he's he's there against his will, and he's not cooperating to the point where – A coach who's really easy to get along with uh, in Doc Rivers is tossing him out of practice. So Ben is pushing this thing. And everybody's wondering when he does show up in Philly, what's it going to be like? Is he there and he's going to be on board and he's going to want to play or he's there to get paid? And it certainly now seems like the latter. And I think what that will have the net uh, effect of doing, John and Matt, is speeding up the the timetable for the Sixers to move him in a trade. I think what Daryl Morey is running up against is a market that's dried up, the Sixers have more value on Ben Simmons than other teams do. Um, I think that's a, a, a part of the uh, a product of uh, Ben's being kind of a favorite of uh, of Sixers' ownership. They probably paid him more than he was worth, and now Daryl Morey has a contract on his hands and a, and a bad apple on his hands that he can't get rid of.
3: Chris, uh, you've covered the NBA since the 1990s. You've seen about everything there is. This Kyrie Irving uh, controversy, if we call it that, is something new. How do you think that's going to affect the Nets? And would you buy into Nets futures even without Kyrie Irving on the court?
4: A, I take the second question first because it's a it's a good question. And, I, yes, I would buy into Nets futures. I still have them winning the championship, even if the guy doesn't play a single game, for a couple reasons. Number one is because Patty Mills can step into that spot as the shooting guard, the starting shooting guard for the Nets. And if needed, he's not as good of a player as, as – um, as Kyrie Irving, but for what that team needs in a team with two other superstars and Kevin Durant and James Harden, they need about 22 points a night out of Kyrie, and they can get 22 points a night out of Patty Mills. This guy can be a featured scorer if you need him to be. He did it for the Australian national team at the Olympics this past summer. Heck, he scored 42 against Slovenia in the bronze medal game. It's just that Patty Mills has never been asked to be a featured scorer in the NBA, so he's never done it. But he can do exactly what Kyrie does. He's not going to do it with the same sort of uh, um, mercurial uh, personality. And um, he's not going to be as divisive. But from a production standpoint, Patty Mills can can replace everything that Kyrie Irving was going to produce. And the Nets, are, they're just loaded. Like, it's not just those three guys. They, they added veterans. Paul Millsap, they got LaMarcus Aldridge back. They got james johnson who's a you know spent all those years in miami under the spolster system like they're loaded with good players and um so I, I think Kyrie will continue to be a distraction probably a daily distraction and i think what the nets have done by kind of shooing him away from the team is to try to take that distraction away but look he's Kyrie. <laughs> um people are going to talk about him he's one of the most popular players in the league especially among young women um, And until this thing comes to a, revolu- a resolution of some sort, Harry Irving will remain a big part of the Brooklyn Nets story. Whether he's in the arena, not in the arena, in California, in Timbuktu, he's still a big story.
5: For sharing it with us. So I wanted to go to a team in the Eastern Conference uh, that has a lot of public buzz behind it, and I can't get behind it just yet. What do you make of this iteration of the Chicago Bulls? They're forty-two and a half is sitting in their win total, about twelve to one to win their division. They're a three and a half, four-point favorite on the road against Detroit tomorrow. What do you make of the makeup of Chicago this year?
4: I, I, I think the win total is a tricky one because they, they've got pieces and parts, new parts that don't necessarily fit together. You know, they, um, Demar Derozan is not a speed player. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is not a speed player, but, but Zach Levine is, and Lonzo Ball is, um, and, and so. They had a really nice off season. They got in, they brought in Alex Caruso, a good defender. You know, really one of the glue guys for the Lakers. But how Billy Donovan is going to make all these parts uh, fit together and what the learning curve is going to be—that's what you don't know until you you trot the team out there and see how they perform together and how they acclimate to one another. So they really do look like maybe a 500 team, not a 500 talent, because they they have more talent than the 500 team. But as the season. Is and at least look a little in the West. Um, at, at least one, and um, I I could see that number being right about on the mark. Um, it, look, they're they're going to be they're going to be better talent wise than they were. At the, I mean, look at them compared to the beginning of last season, and, and it's night and day. Um, but in, in terms of the over under, I I think that number is right about where it's going to be. It's going to be forty two, forty three, forty four. And they'll certainly be a top 10 team and make at least the playing tournament. They'll probably do a little better than that and, and get one of the top six spots. Um, and like, I see them as a top six team in the East, but I don't see them as a legitimate championship contender until they get another season under their belts and, uh, and until we see another growth out of Zach Levine. Um, and, and then we see how, how Lonzo fits in. And, heck, I want to see Nikola Vucevic win a playoff series at, mm-hmm. at some point. Great player, doesn't win in the playoffs. So, that, at a certain point, that follows you. So, um, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I, I can't get a, a, a good handle on this team. But I don't think really anybody can until we have a 15-20 game body of work to judge them upon and say, okay, they you know they're going with this rotation. It's a little different than what we had projected in the preseason, and it's working like hell for them. Um, you know, you see how they how they do matching up against different lineups and different. Um, you know, assemblages uh, of of characters from different teams, and they may just stumble upon something that works even in a way that Arturis Kanishiewicz and Billy Donovan weren't counting on. So uh, keep an eye on them. Keep your money in your wallet on them for now.
3: All right. We talked about a few teams in the East. Give me uh, Chris if you can. Follow him, by the way, on Twitter at Sheridan Hoops. Uh, A couple teams maybe you're buying or a couple teams you're selling in the Eastern Conference or maybe just in the NBA in general when you look at the win totals?
4: In the in the West or the
3: East? Either either way. You can look at the big picture, well, in the, in,
4: Yeah, I mean in the in the East, the Knicks the Knicks' win total has been forty one and a half or forty two and a half, depending on where you look, which means uh the odds makers are, are making them a five hundred team. And I got news for you. They were a forty one and thirty one team last year. Um they were ten games over five hundred. They were some some of the biggest overperformers in the East and they got better in getting Kemba Walker and getting Evan Fournier, plus they're getting Mitchell Robinson back at a certain point. So I I love the Knicks on the over. Um, I think they're the fourth-best team in the East. I think they'll again finish ahead of Atlanta. Um, And like I've been saying since that over-under win total came out, man, they're really, really missing on the Knicks. Uh, In the West, I I think they're really missing on the Clippers because that win total has been around 46 to 48 from where I've seen it. And with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, nobody knowing when he's coming back, um, that's <laughs> that's going to mean one of two things. They're going to be a 500 team or worse, or Paul George is going to be so good that he's going to be a runaway MVP, and he's, the time to get him uh, in the MVP market is now because it's about uh, plus 3,000. But, uh, you know, I, Kawhi is what he is, and um, he, he means so much to that Clipper team. They wouldn't have gotten as far as they did last year without him. Um, so I think the Clippers' win total number is, uh, is significantly too high. I think the Knicks' number is significantly low. I like Utah as the as, as an over number. Um, I have the Jazz going to the to the finals and losing to the Nets. That's my pick. As much as I like the Lakers, I think Father Time is going to catch up with them. There's a lot of geriatrics on that team. I don't know how many games they're going to get to play with a full roster together, but I would imagine it will be somewhere around 15 to 20. And that generally takes away from your chemistry and your cohesion when you need it, which is around playoff time. Um, The only other one, the the Oklahoma City Thunder over-under win total, I saw a lot of people are taking the over. And I I get it because there are so many horrible, horrible teams in the West. Somebody's got to win these games, but that's a horrible team, man. Like, that is a really horrible team. I don't know if they're worse than the Orlando Magic, but they're about even. So, I don't think Oklahoma City makes its number, and I don't think Orlando makes its number, and they're both in the 20s.
5: Chris Sheridan. Chris, we're up against it, but we appreciate some time today, so thank you very much.
4: All right, fellas. So thanks for having me on. I look forward to coming back. Yeah, you got All it, right. Sheridan Hoops, up on Twitter. By the way,
5: remember yeah. the Thunder, the, uh, the center of one of the worst win total beats ever last year.
3: That's right. You want to explain that? By the way, the Thunder win total 23 and a half about MGM.
5: Uh, needed three wins in their final 24 games <laughs> to go over. They went 1 in 23. Right. Stretch. that's pretty bad uh, by the way, v I wrote about some of the worst win total feats ever in the NBA you can check that out, it's an old one, I'll find it tweet it out, alright, we'll come back, we have plenty left to get to in other sports, we got baseball, we've got football, we've got best bets it's here for me to Kimes as well she's not going to join the show, but she made a great point that we're going to play for you too, it's the edge here at v the sports betting network
4: this is the edge on VSN, the sports betting network
3: Okay, welcome back to Segment of The Edge presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime, so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party available in 10 varieties including spearmint coffee and citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's Nicotine Pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus it's easy to use indoors or out making the perfect complement to your everyday. Also Zen comes in two strengths. So you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen does contain nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 or older. Learn more, find your local retailer at zen.com again that's z y n.com and warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
5: Last 30 minutes here on the edge we'll get back to uh, the NBA, um in 15, we have some yes-no playoff odds to discuss before we get out of here. But let's get back to the National Football League. And I wanted to go to this Patriots and Jets game because you and I, a topic that you and I have discussed multiple times on this show, on the opening lines, uh-huh. uh, has been the fact that the New England Patriots, from an offensive standpoint, have been kind of disjointed. And I think some of that is with decision-making. Some of that is with play calling. And I don't think it's just Josh McDaniels, right? You Remember the Sunday night game in Tampa Bay? the decision to kick the field goal as opposed to trust your rookie quarterback to convert a fourth and one so you don't have to kick a 51-yard field goal right in the driving lane. It's not going for it on fourth down in overtime against the Dallas Cowboys when you have a quarterback who can do something like that. Conservative decisions that have ultimately kind of led to the Patriots being in these tough spots. You know what's interesting is
3: you remember the Patriots-Colts game? Oh, yeah. When Belichick would not punt the ball back to Peyton Manning and went for it on fourth down in his own territory. Do I remember?
5: I stood up in the middle of a Buffalo Wild Wings in front of Patriots fans and flipped the double birds.
3: Why didn't he do that Sunday against the Cowboys? His defense (laughs) was tired, couldn't get a stop, and he punts the ball back to the Cowboys on fourth and three out around the 45-yard line. Uh, That's a point where you just have to go for it and uh, put the ball in the rookie quarterback's hands and show faith in him. Belichick showed a lot of faith in Mac Jones by releasing Cam Newton and saying, hey, you're our guy this season. But now you got to take it to the next step. You got to show faith in him during games. Let him throw the ball. He had 11 pass attempts at one point uh, in the third quarter of this game. They were way too conservative, and uh, I thought the Dak Prescott threw 51 passes. Mac Jones threw 21.
5: Right. Everybody was freaking out, like, it's only Mac Jones' first incompletion. It was also his 11th attempt in midway through the third quarter. It tells you something how they're operating this offense. But let's not just take our word for it. Uh, I thought Mina Kimes yesterday on ESPN made a brilliant point about this and that the conservative nature of Bill Belichick and this team, it has kind of gotten in their way and led them down the path where they have a losing record at this point of the year.
1: I think we're at a point now in this season where – the conservatism of the head coach is actually holding
0: this team back. Uh, his lack of faith, frankly, in the rookie quarterback. There were multiple times where they punted uh, at midfield where I frankly thought
1: they should have gone for it. The most brutal of which came, of course, in overtime.
5: And you mentioned it. because you're. And she goes on to say, in that situation, you're giving the ball back to the Dallas Cowboys, right. who had been driving on you who went downfield easily before time ended, right, and kicked a field goal to tie the game.
3: Patriots secondary secondaries having all sorts of problems covered right. in coverage.
5: And by yeah. the way, remember, Dante Hightower and Chase Winovich were injured in that game yeah. down the stretch. So, like, at that point, when you're talking about decision-making, when you're, when you're punting it away, you're essentially punting the game away as well. Go for it on fourth and one that give the rookie the opportunity. Fourth and three. Or fourth and three, excuse yeah. me. Because on a fourth and was it a fourth and one or whatever it was, a third down? Remember, there was one where he's getting his legs taken out yeah. and he laces a perfect pass for a conversion on a third. Like, he has the capabilities of doing things like this. And I, and I think that has ultimately led to where the, the Patriots are now.
3: But and, Josh McDaniels has been way too conservative right. in his play calling, too. There was, a, there was a series against the Texans where the Patriots took the ball over in good field position, ran on first down, ran on second down, and then he put it in the rookie quarterback's hands to make a play on third and eight. Mm-hmm. Throw it on first down. Throw it on second down. Uh, that's why I think the Patriots' coaches have, um, I, I think, come up a little bit short this season. I wrote about this in Point Spread Weekly. That's going to be my column this week. The main focus, not only just how the books got uh, beat up pretty good on uh, Week Six on Sunday, that Patriots' result was one of the uh, big factors why with the Cowboys covering the number in overtime, but. Patriots are underachieving. I bet their win total over eight and a half and over nine. I've got them to make the playoffs. I bet them also to make the playoffs. That's a long shot at this point. They're two and four. They're 0 and four on their home field. Even if they beat the Jets this week, they're going to be three and four with two wins over the Jets and one over the Texans. Yep. The soft early schedule with five home games in the first seven weeks is what they had to take advantage of, and they've blown it. Uh, on the flip side, I bet the Raiders over seven, and a team with no coach is overachieving. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about that?
5: Yep. Well, And, and look, like we talked, so and think about the situations We're, we're talking about the Damian Harris, Harris fumble going into the end zone, right? Uh, not into the end zone, but driving to potentially win the game against the Miami Dolphins a week
3: one. You know, in that they week missed. one loss to the Dolphins, it looks bad now because the Dolphins haven't won a game since. Yeah. But there were a couple of key turnovers. I don't yep. think that was a coaching issue. I don't think it was a Matt Jones no. issue. But I think like – It was like, just a mistake riddled game that the Patriots uh, – in away. that game, yeah. when
5: you make – so you're going to have games like that, but that, that is also magnified when you have games that you kind of give away to a certain extent. And so that's why you're you're kind of in a tough spot. And so now we look at this, the Patriots at home against the New York Jets, a seven-point favor the second time they played it. You mentioned it. They picked off Zach Wilson, what, four, four times in the mm-hmm. game when they met up last time. Uh, we're absolutely all over them. And now they're up to a seven-point favor the total of 42.5. Now, they were laying a big number against the Houston Texans, but that was clearly kind of an inflated
3: number. Yeah.
5: But the way that Belichick can scheme it up against a turnover – Prone quarterback and Wilson. I think this seems like a pretty good matchup for the New England.
3: I do too. I like the Patriots this week. Come home play them again. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to get hurt. Am again. I sick or what? <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to get hurt. Again. I'll play the Patriots minus seven this week. I think the Patriots are a great teaser play as well. 0 and four at home. 25 to six. First time these teams played. Pats were five and a half point road favorites. I think you're going to see. Uh, an A-plus effort out of the Patriots off another frustrating loss on their home field against a team they should be able to uh, dominate here. So even if you don't want to lay the seven, put the pats on a teaser, this is a game they will win.
5: Yes, I would completely agree. Uh, by the way, Zach Wilson uh, passing grade by PFF standards 57.5. Has uh, not been very good this year, Zach Wilson. And really got exposed. I don't know if he can get exposed have not been that good, but Bill Belichick had a field day with
3: him. Right? Well, another thing that bothers me about Belichick and uh, not too many things bother me about Belichick. He's the best coach in NFL history. But he, sometimes I think management looks at talent and says, uh, the players don't matter. I, I'm such a genius. I can make anybody work in this system. And you trade Stefan Gilmore, who's your best player in the secondary, for a sixth-round pick. Yep. You tell me you couldn't use him. I know he wasn't eligible to play last week against the Cowboys. He, he's eligible to come back this week, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you trade him your most valuable guy in the secondary. You just give him away. You could use that guy in the second half of the season. Uh, you know, so these aren't all just faceless uh, players. Some of these guys are valuable, and I think Belichick gets caught up a little bit in the ego sometimes, thinking he can just plug any player into the system and it's going to work. That Patriots defense is 17th in the NFL right now. Yep. All right, so it's not working. You're going to have to get better players, and some of the guys he signed in free agency aren't playing up to expectations. Really quickly, let's
5: go down to the bottom of the rotation
3: because this is a
5: number that stuck out to me today, and I actually had to look to see if maybe there was another injury at quarterback. The Seattle Seahawks are up to a five-point underdog at home against the New Orleans sense. Saints on Monday night. I
3: like, the, I like the Seahawks plus five.
5: Right? I mean, like, look, they didn't look terrible against the Pittsburgh Steelers forced that game into overtime, had a 14-point for third quarter, mm-hmm. which the offense kind of woke up there a little bit. And, our, and we're also talking about the Saints team, which Jameis Winston has been Jameis Winston. He's been wildly erratic. He's had some really high highs. He's also had some pretty low lows throughout this entire season. This just seems, barring anything that I missed on an injury report, which I you know, always want to double check because there are chances that it slips through the cracks, it does seem like quite the reaction here by the market to drive this up a point and have two points. In some spot.
3: The Saints, I think, are going to be a, a tough team for betters to figure this week, this year, and a lot, a lot of that's going to be because of Jameis. Jekyll and Hyde type of team. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, they, look, they looked really bad on a couple games. It looked really good. In fact, when they went to New England and dominated the Patriots, that was the best game the Saints had played. So you don't know quite what you're going to get with the Saints. I do think the Seahawks, off a couple of losses at home, should be live dogs in this spot. And I thought five was a little bit too big of a number. I thought it should have been three, maybe three and a half. Mm -hmm. Gino Smith, I mean, I probably still play the Seahawks. I would play the Seahawks at three and a half. I played them at plus five. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like
5: I said, Judah Smith was not terrible. You're also what I'm, what I'm really interested in too is so Sunday got lucky as you mentioned uh, with the game going over the total. But again, you're seeing another really low total here for the Seahawks in about mm-hmm. 43 and a half. And like just talking about how bad their defense has been. And the of course, the secondary has been like, just looking at how low these totals have gotten since Russell Wilson has gone, you know, I'd be curious to see where this total ends up by the time we get the kickoff on Monday night. I would lean
3: over on that total, I right? think.
5: Because, yeah. uh, especially given, and look, both of these, uh, we could talk about Geno Smith, but James Winston also, again, turnover worthy prone. Like, that's, those are leading to short fields, those are leading to somewhat easier scores for the Seattle Seahawks. So,
3: and Geno Smith wasn't very good in the first half at Pittsburgh, but he was yeah. a lot better in the second half. And he was pretty good when he came in in relief in the previous game. I think the Seahawks can put up 20-plus points in this game against the Saints.
5: Yeah, just to me, that's the thing. is, like, So let's even say that we talk about home field. You make it worth like two, one and a half. Like To say that this team is about six points worse than the Saints under neutral is...
3: Probably. Yeah. I just think it's also a good spot for the Seahawks. Yes, that's,
5: that's true too. All right, we'll come back. Um, we don't have any updates to best bets for this day. So when we come back, we'll take a look at odds to make the postseason in the NBA. you got about, what, six, seven teams to look at? whether or not they're going to make it to the playoffs, and I will tell you right now it's a pretty minute underdog on this list that I think
3: is. We got a shot. baseball game starting in 25 minutes, Ooh, too.
5: Yeah that too
2: Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony Della
6: Billy's vocals. It was automatic art.
0: You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier, and a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline.
0: Hey Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh. Um, gee, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented
2: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
4: This is the edge on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
5: NBA season, hours away from tip-off. Still time to grab your copy of the Vsin Pro Basketball Betting Guide. I think it's got some evergreen nature to it. Let's grab it. Use it for the rest of the season. Hoop experts hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, that's me, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and more. Digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. Get your copy now for only $9.99 at vsin.com. Subscribe.
3: Yeah, you can use that the whole season. That's not just good only for this week.
5: Yeah, man, I think there's some good analytical stuff in there about teams. Their I read the, uh,
3: and you do too, the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Guide, yep. and I refer to that several times throughout the season. You have oh, yeah. roster information in there, right?
5: Yep, some good stories in there about players as
3: well. Yeah. All right. 30 pages in. I have a game show for you. Okay. We love game shows. It's not you? Guess
5: the play who he play for, like you tried to get me last year. I think I missed one. <laughs>
3: NBA playoff team or not. Okay, Believe it or not. And uh, we talked about this with Chris Sheridan a little bit earlier in the show today. These odds are from the Westgate Superbook. Will these teams make the playoffs, yes or no? All right. The Bulls. Do you believe in the Bulls? Are you a bull lever? Yes, minus 185, no, plus 165 to be a playoff team.
5: So I think they're a playoff team. Um, as we mentioned, it's kind of hard not to make the postseason now with a play in tournament, and they are greatly improved offensively. I think they're going to stink on defense. The issue is like, do I want to lay a dollar eighty five on that? And I would say the price is a little too steep. Mm-hmm. So while I do believe that they're a playoff team, I think a fairer price is in the range of like a dollar sixty five, dollar sixty. So I think they are, but I would not lay a buck eighty five.
3: Okay. That's a fair answer. How about the Memphis Grizzlies, yes, even money, no minus 120.
5: I would say yes. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're an underdog to do so. I thought they would be slightly favored uh, to make it to the postseason. You know, They do have, at the very least, play-in team written all over them. And consider that the fact that one of their opponents, to be one of those play-in teams, New Orleans Pelicans, have all of this weird stuff floating around with Zion Williamson. I know mm-hmm. we'll get to them. So I would say, yes, at, at a small underdog price, whether it's even money or plus 105, I think that would be worth an investment because I think for sure you're going to get a participant in a play-in game, which, by the way, they were last year.
3: And they made it. All right, the New York Knicks, a playoff team last year. Will they be a playoff team in twenty one twenty two? 22 And uh, Chris Sheridan was very optimistic. I noticed in the predictions in the uh, v NBA betting guide, I was one of the few people who had the Knicks making the playoffs. That's yes, minus 175, no, plus 155, I think – you might take the plus prize.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go no here. There's just, there's a lot of indicators that the Knicks are, are going to take a step back this year. And, you know, it's it's perfect. It's great. He pointed out, right, what, 41-31 and 31 last year. They were 10 games above 500, But they outperformed by a wide margin their expectations. Mm-hmm. You were, got career years across the board from Julius Randle. They actually got career years. have Derrick Rose, surprisingly, even though he's a former MVP. And you're talking about a team that one of the things that really bugs me with their defensive scheme last year. I brought this up multiple times they allowed the most wide open threes of any team in the NBA by a wide margin and yet were first in three point defense. Right. Those are two things that do not compute. They will come back down to earth to their lead guards in Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose, both have knee issues, not very healthy. I just think that there's a lot of there's a step back here for New York. There's a lot of good indicators that indicate so.
3: All right. So the no price on the Knicks to miss the playoffs what's Plus Plus 155.
5: 155. They, they shouldn't be favored at -175. Wow. Like that's that's a really steep price. Like I think that should be like I like Minus 140, minus 130.
3: So All right, so you know. the price is reversed on the Pelicans. They are, uh, to make the playoffs, yes, plus 155, no, minus 175. For those who have not been paying attention, explain the Pelicans' problems at this point.
5: So at media days, uh, a couple of weeks, you know, a three or four weeks ago, uh, it was dropped that, oh, by the way, earlier in the summer, Zion Williamson broke a bone in his foot. But he's going to be fine, yeah. be ready for the regular season. Zion Williams even indicated himself that he should be ready to go for the regular season. There were a couple problems with him. One, he clearly showed up much heavier than before. I sent you that picture that was posted on social media of his media day when he was a rookie as opposed to this year. He's, he
3: is He's carrying a lot of
5: weight. He's carrying a lot of weight. He hasn't been able to condition in the offseason. And then we get the news just a couple of days ago that, oh, by the way, he'll be reevaluated in two weeks, and that's reevaluated. Mm-hmm. We don't even know when he's going to be available. This is a team that's really dependent on Zion. And I actually thought they were kind of undervalued, Right, if we knew that we were going to get full strength Zion right at the start of the regular season, I don't hate Devontae Graham right. replacing Lonzo Ball. I think Jonas Valanciunas is better than Steven Adams, but now, like without Zion Williamson on the floor, that's a big blow for this team. So that's a that's a hearty no.
3: Do you lay, so you lay the buck seventy five.
5: Yeah, I think t- at it? this point that there is value in a number like that, given the unknown nature of Zion. And by the way, just the nature of a big guy, the way that he plays with a foot injury, like that's a problem.
3: Yeah, I think injuries are going to be a problem for him. Often during his career, yep, and uh, they have been so far. All right, let's get to uh, three more. Toronto Raptors. How far have they fallen without Kawhi? It's a totally different team now. Uh, the Raptors to make the playoffs? Yes, or plus two twenty? No, minus two sixty.
5: I don't hate the yes on this. Like the the Raptors are really intriguing because they have a lot of really good like individual player. Gary, Gary Trent Jr. is a really good dynamic shooting uh, shooter and scorer. Fred VanVleet is a very good scorer and and uh, and passer as well in that backcourt. You have guys on this team, with Scotty Barnes, of course, the rookie. Presasacchua comes over, and that sign and trade with Miami. Goran Dragic is a part of this bench now too. It was a team that last year finished last in scoring from their bench. That's going to be much better this year. And there's other pieces, right? Uh, Boucher, Chris Boucher, on this team too. So there's a lot to like. There's going to be a clear weakness. I don't think they're going to be very good in terms of their half court offense. But like, if you're talking about the collection of pieces, the head coach and Nick Nurse, and how good they're going to be defensively and in transition, you're giving me like over two to one on a yes. And the fact that I think they're at least going to be a play in team, that's, I think, worth
3: it. And he got a really good coach there. Right. McNer's with a lot of young talent. All right, let's go Minnesota T Wolves. The no minus 800, the yes plus 550. I think you like the T Wolves as a playoff team.
5: Uh, I think it's a uh, circa that you can get a yes plus 650 or 650. 675, somewhere wow. in
3: that range. Did you bet it?
5: Yeah, that's okay. worth it, man. Okay. The, the Timberwolves are going to be pretty good this year. I think Chris Finch did a really good job in his limited sample size a season ago when he took over in midseason. Their offense was much better under him and with better health. Mm-hmm. Some of the offensive numbers were eye-popping when you had D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley on the floor together. Anthony Edwards showed real development under Finch at the end of the year. Their bench is not terrible, right? Now, his Reed coming off of that bench, was a lot of other pieces there. Again, we're talking about a team that could really, I think, legitimately be a play-in team, and then from there, Maybe win two games and get in. I, I think at six seventy-five, especially that price out there, five fifty. Yes, me and Aaron Renning actually picked the Timberwolves to make it to the postseason in the NBA, guy.
3: Well, that's two sharp guys right there. Yeah,
5: and you, and you are like to get about to six today.
3: to one or seven to one on the yeah. on the T Wolves to make the playoffs. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at that bet tonight. Yep. One more for you, Damian Lillard, one of my favorite players in the league, and the Blazers. But man, should they be minus 200 to make the playoffs? No, plus 175.
5: Yeah, it's a, that's a steep price. They should be favored to make the postseason, but $2 for a team that is, again, going to be one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They're going to have a high ceiling on offense, but their defense is going to suffer. And, you know, they they went and they tried to acquire some certain pieces to improve the defense, but Carmelo Anthony was a really big piece for them last year as an off-ball shooter and scorer. He's not there anymore. And, there's just, and this is just a, a thought, but reading between the lines, Damian Lillard didn't seem really happy with the direction in terms of head coach no. seems like this is like a, Hey, this is it, or I'm out of here type of deal. And there was rumors. Remember, he didn't want Nurkic with them. He did kind of try to dispel those, but it just doesn't look great on the surface for Portland. They should be favored to make it in. But again, like seventy five, dollar sixty five is more of a fair price, not
3: $2. Right. I think he saw his, maybe his one chance to get to New York or somewhere like yeah. that to get to a big market and be a, more of a star than he is anyway. Uh, JVT, we've got a lot to cover here in the last couple of minutes. Give me your 30-second handicap on the two NBA games tonight. The first one, Brooklyn-Milwaukee with the uh, Bucks one and a half for two-point favorites. And by the way, your write-ups are going to be on com every day. Yeah, right?
5: betting market write-ups there. Uh, with the Bucks. I have Bucks plus one and a half, so we got a good number there. Now they're favored by one and a half. Yes, I get it. It's ring night. We could talk about the the 10 and 15 ATS trend the last 25 years, but also, I think that's, you know, it's a one-game sample size you're literally looking at every single time. Also, it's five and four ATS in the last nine years, so yeah, you doesn't can spend it down. any way you want. I just think at the end of the day, at plus one-and-a-half, it was worth it because this team should be favored at home over Brooklyn. It's a really good team, so I've got an underdog plus one-and-a-half bucks ticket in my pocket.
3: 7.40 p.m. Eastern Time. That's a good matchup. That's bucks. Big drop on on the total, night. by the way. It was 240-and-a-half. So. Okay. Yeah. That total's down about seven points. Yeah. How about... Warriors-Lakers, Lakers Lakers 3, 3.5, total 226.
5: Yes, I I put a little on Lakers minus 3. Also took under on Andrew Wiggins' points. Uh, The the report from Steve Kerr today that there's going to be a minutes restriction for Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green. Wiggins had a sore knee in the offseason. Draymond Green played in the Olympics, so they're kind of ramping them up slowly for different reasons. Um, and this open four and a half got to five. So you're getting a little line value there. But I just bought in on a little bit of a, a minutes restriction on two key players for a Warriors team that I think is being over. Well, I thought tomorrow. you had
3: a nice prop play on that tonight related to that information. Yeah,
5: under 19 and a half points for Wiggins at about minus yeah. 130. And last look before the show started, it's still available. So go check that out. That was at BetMGM. All
3: right. I think the Dodgers got to get it done. This, this game starts in 15 minutes. Yeah. Walker Buehler, a big favorite right around minus 180. Total is seven and a half. Dodgers down 2-0. Charlie Morton. Walker Buehler, I didn't I didn't make it a big bet because I hate laying this type of price, but I did play the Dodgers at minus 175.
5: Yeah, I would agree. Look, I think when you're looking at uh, the, the desperation angle for the Dodgers, but also just a, it's a matchup that kind of works in their favor, right? Morton's been awesome. but He's a righty against a, a lineup that can stack some left-handed power against him. Walker Buehler's been great. And while the Braves did win this last game, I mean, we're talking about some crazy headstrong plays. <laughs> of, of dudes from third on risky throw like, mm-hmm. all of that. Like, everything worked out for them. But I think this is a good spot for the Dodgers.
3: Astros, Red Sox, total of 10. Oh. Can the Red Sox hit a grand slam in every game of this year? You would series?
5: think not. And the mark, the price for the, the power rating on the swung completely the other way. Now we're talking about dollar twenty seven. I think it would be a pretty good value play on the Astros. This lineup is still able to perform. And I think you've just gotten some poor pitching performances. So. Give me Houston. I also have a Houston and, or ALCS tickets. Yeah, man. Almost need a miracle. Good number, wasn't Six to one. All right, we're all done. My guys in the desert coming up next. Good luck tonight for the rest of the season, but we'll be back tomorrow, so I'll wish you luck again then.
2: Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.